Hey guys, welcome to Blades Pod, the Sheffield United podcast. Uh, my name is Ben. I am, of course, a Sheffield United fan, uh, and this is the third episode of this podcast. Um, and to kind of make things a little bit different this week, I recorded uh, some kind of instant reactions from the game last night, which was, of course, uh, Fulham's victory at Bramall Lane over the Blades. Uh, so I recorded a couple of minutes at half time, uh, and then a couple of minutes at full time as well to kind of give you a. Um, I guess a flavour of my instant reactions, um, you know, no script, slightly, perhaps slightly salty and emotional reaction rather than the rest of the podcast, which is intended to be a a more objective and considered view. So um, I'm going to hit you now with uh, a few minutes of live reaction from Bramall Lane, and then I will return to uh, talk in a little bit more detail about the game. I will just say that uh, obviously I have no uh, expensive recording equipment at Bramall Lane, so uh, there's a little bit of background noise, uh, a little bit of uh, windy conditions as I was leaving the ground as well. So uh, you know, hope, hope you can still hear what I'm saying. It's uh, half time here at Bramall Lane. I thought I would experiment by uh, recording a little bit from the ground itself this time. So uh, Fulham lead three two half time. Uh, it's been a very weird game, I think, to say the least. Uh, Fulham have scored two incredibly fortunate goals. Uh, Carter Vickers under sort of back pass, which set their man in on goal. Uh, the second one kind of looked like the defender went to smash it forward. It hit one of their own men and sort of ricocheted to another guy who ran in and scored. Uh, very strange but entertaining game so far. Uh, Fulham looked good, to be fair. Uh, very uh, move, the, move the ball very quickly. Uh, have a lot of quick players going forward. Uh, Ojo has been very good for them on the wing, and uh, I believe it was him that forced a, a very good save from Blackman early on as well. Uh, Sassini on the left back has bombed on and scored two goals. Uh, third one was a pretty decent team move. Um, United have done fine, I think. I mean, uh, I'm surprised they're behind the way that we've uh, kind of matched up. I think Lundstrom has been excellent in midfield. You know, not really, uh, maybe not providing the sort of incisiveness that that Coots does, but he's made some really good covering tackles uh, actually one of them uh, when I think it was Stevens sort of a, another one that under hit a back pass and you know Lundstrom kind of strode in and made a, a brilliant tackle which actually ended up setting up Clark's equaliser um, to Clark who scored two United have looked pretty good uh, I have no idea how this game is going to end uh, it could we be 4-3 to us it could be 6-3 to them to be honest um, so yeah one of the more entertaining games I've seen this season uh, but I hope we defend a little bit better in the second half Well, just leaving Bramall Lane now. Uh, just the most bizarre game I've seen for several years, at least. Uh, finished Fulham five, Sheffield United four. It's actually hard for me to remember what the score was because it's just a lot went on in that game. <laughs> I'm slightly surprised we lost, to be honest. Um, you know, maybe I'll feel slightly differently in the morning, but you know, we conceded two freak goals. Uh, we got stung on the camera attack twice in the second half. Um, <laughs> Outside of that, uh, Clark's got a hat-trick, Carruthers scored a completely fluky goal that deflected in. Um, I mean, the only things I'll point to are two sort of big momentum shift moments, I guess, where, uh, and I may be, I may be off on this, but from, from memory, the score was still 4-3-2, I think, and uh, Sharp went down pretty much on the goal mouth, which looked like a foul. Um, and then, essentially, Fulham went straight down the other end and uh, hit a low shot that went in. 
Uh, and then this goes for a 4 2, uh, a corner. Hansen has it cleared off the line, which is like a really good goal line clearance. Uh, and again, they just went straight down the other end and scored basically from that clearance. Uh, and I really do think with 10 minutes left, like, yes, we can score three goals because it's just the way we were kind of pushing forward. So, yeah, Carruthers got the, uh, the third for us. Uh, and then pushing forward, Sharp put a, a ball over that Clark scored to get his hat trick. Uh, we didn't really create another opportunity. We had a couple of, a couple of times we had the ball in a good position to stick it into the box, but you know it was kind of everybody thrown forward, no shape whatsoever. So any headed clearance was just landing to their midfield, and they basically just saw out the game. But yeah, I think my my kind of instant reaction is that a loss is very harsh on us there. Um, Fulham looked very good. I'll give them that. Uh, held a lot of pace going forward. Uh, Sessegnon, who, to be fair, actually, I think I said at half-time that he was playing left-back, but he must have been playing a, a more advanced role. Uh, he got his hat-trick. Ojo was very good. Uh, I actually just basically have lost track of who actually scored for Fulham because there were so many goals and weird things happening in that game. Um, so, yeah, I'm weirdly leaving the ground, uh, I guess, a bit annoyed, but relatively happy. Uh, you know, the players were all applauded off at the end. Uh, Wilder was, you know, clapping the fans and giving a sort of chin-up gesture, but I mean, I don't, I don't really feel like that was needed, to be honest, you know, everybody stuck around. I didn't see, I saw very few people leaving at 5-2, which is a bizarre thing to say, because that's usually cue for a mass exodus. Um, so yeah, it was uh, a very entertaining game, uh, a little bit annoying, like I said, don't really feel like we deserve to lose. And uh, yeah, there we scored four at home again and somehow didn't manage to win. Um, but yeah, now we're looking forward to Birmingham on Saturday. All right, so that was my reaction at the time uh, after leaving the game. Is, is I guess you can probably tell by my my tone there. I was you know fairly upbeat, I think, for considering we'd just been you know just had five goals scored against us uh, and lost at home and uh, missed the chance to go back to the top of the table. You know, I felt pretty pretty good to be honest and uh you know they kind of continue today obviously uh you know a little more distance now like 24 hours later almost um you know even in the in the office today talking to uh the other United fans there you know they're saying that they're kind of buzzing from the game which is really strange but uh, actually in keeping with with what a, a weird night it was I think which I'll, I'll cover off in a little more detail later on um I guess it's worth just correcting a few, correcting or adjusting a few things from, from my my first impressions. Um, so the the second goal, uh, I haven't seen this on the highlights, but I'm sure it happened. Um, the second goal for um, for Fulham that is, uh, it, it re- I'm sure there was like a ricochet uh, that hit their guy and the ball spanned to another guy and that caused Carter Vickers to slip, which I neglected to mention. Uh, it was still a great finish by Sessegnon, but. You know, quite a big slice of luck to to bring that opportunity about. Um, the other things I talked about were the the kind of momentum shifts. Um, they weren't quite as I described, but not far off. I think I I said the um the Hansen header clear up cleared off the line was you know straight down the other end and scored, which isn't quite accurate. The ball actually went out of play, and then there was uh you know obviously a, a fresh passage of play that actually led to that goal. Um, I haven't seen this again, but uh, I felt that Sharp should have had a penalty. But it seems the consensus from you know reading the forums on Twitter was that he probably slipped, and it would have been a very soft, uh, soft award. Um, one other thing that I 
did not clock in real time was that Fulham's fourth goal was a, a big deflection. Um, and, you know, so you, you kind of add that to the the first two goals um, and you sort of think we were pretty unlucky, to be honest. Um, uh, apparently, lots of people did leave at 5-2, uh, which kind of shows how focused on the game I was, because uh, I really didn't see this around me, sat uh, towards the back of the cop. Um, and, you know, was kind of even more... It's they've still felt bizarre because I really felt with ten minutes left that we could definitely score three goals, even though we weren't, you know, carving out tons of chances. Um, but yeah, I think generally, you know, I think my first impressions, uh, I kind of stand by how they how they panned out, and I'll come on to some of them in a little bit more detail uh, later on in the podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm the structure of this podcast. I'm going to hit you with nine nine thoughts or or talking points from from that Fulham game. It were nine goals. I thought I would give you nine thoughts. Uh, you could probably devote an entire hour to deconstructing that game. To be honest, uh, I'm not sure I've seen. Well, actually, I guess the one you could say was similar was the uh, the five all draw with Swindon in the playoffs a few years ago. Although. Um, that was a slightly different circumstance kind of game. Um, so you probably could spend an hour deconstructing this game, but luckily for you, I'm going to bang these out in 15 minutes or so, and we can all get on with our lives. Um, I guess just to, before we get there, I want to quickly cover off the the Burton game, which uh, United won 3-1 on Friday night. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't uh, in attendance, so I watched the stream of this game. Um, <clears throat> it was a strange sort of game. Um, I felt we were very comfortable, but we were dragged and I, I don't know, I haven't really seen many people kind of back this up, but I felt we were kind of dragged down to their level a little. Um, it, it felt like most of the game was us taking a throw-in or a goal kick, um, or rather them taking a goal kick, and it's it was really hard for us to get in any kind of flow when the ball was out so much. Um, I was really surprised by Burton's lack of quality. Maybe I shouldn't have been, to be fair, but I mean... To me, I'm still in this kind of mindset of like, these guys are in the championship, they survived in the championship, therefore they should be quite good, even, you know, given how great we were last season and how good we've been this season. Um, But I really thought we saw a lot of better League One teams last season than Burton played in that game on Friday night, Uh, many of whom didn't even make the playoffs, to be honest. So, um, yeah, based on that you know, kind of one game, uh, I think they will probably struggle to stay up this season. Um, as I say, really kind of scrappy game that we, you know, controlled in the main, I think, but it was a lot of, like I said, it's hard to get into a rhythm when you're just taking a throw in all the time because the opponent's just booting the ball out of out of the play or even out of the stadium as the goalkeeper managed at one point. There is, of course... Uh, an enormous elephant in the room when uh, discussing this game. Uh, that is, of course, the awful injury to Paul Coots. Um, I will get to that in a moment, um, but for what it's worth, uh, obviously, Paul, you're not listening, but in the extremely unlikely event that you are, uh, I hope you make a very swift recovery. Um, I'm, you know, putting aside the, I guess, effect on the team, which again, I'll get to in a sec. Um, I'm just gutted that my season ticket no longer includes the privilege of watching you play, basically. Uh, and I really hope that next season's will. So all the best, pal. Okay, on to Fulham. All right, so we've got nine goals, we've got nine thoughts, and I'm going to whip through these as quickly as I can. So first of all, I've got to start with this. Leon Clark. Scorer of all the goals in the championship, it seems, this season. 
The stats are really impressive. Uh, he has 12 goals now. He has seven in his last three games, which really is his last two and a half games as uh, you know, all three of them, all four of them, in fact. Oh, wait, I got that wrong. It's actually eight goals in his last two and a half games. God, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's even more ridiculous than I, I'd actually written down. Um, he's, of course, the division's leading goal scorer. He's averaging a goal every 108 minutes. Uh, I looked at the stats on this. Only Mate Vidra of Derby has scored more than five goals at a faster rate than he has. Um, one of the quite revealing stats is uh, 63% of his 32 shots have been on target. Uh, so he hits target a heck of a lot of the time. Um, that compares very fav- favourably to the competition on that top goal scorer list. You have to go down to number six, which is um, Jared Bowen of Hull. Uh, for someone who hits the target as consistently as Clark has done. Uh, and incidentally, the man behind Bowen uh, with a 75% accuracy rate is our own Billy Sharp, uh, which I think is an amazing stat of itself. Uh, he's had 20 shots, 15 of which have been on target. And of course, he scored eight goals as well, I believe it is. Um, so these stats for Clark, I mean, they, they are unbelievable. And, you know, I will say they're almost unsustainably high as well. Uh, you know, not to put a downer on things, of course, but no one is going to keep scoring at eight goals every three games in this league. Um, it's it's just not possible unless you're Messi or Ronaldo. Um, but at the same time, don't underestimate how fantastic Clark has been. Um, you know, even if you set aside the the great hold-up play and the link-up play he does as well, because there has been a lot of that as well, he's scored some fantastically taken goals. You know, they're not just empty nets that he's tapping in. He's got a few of those as well, but more than a few times this season, I've been, I've been surprised to see the ball hit the net. Um... Take his, his second goal last night, for example, uh, or his first two against Hull. You know, surprised insofar as like, uh, it's it, it, to me it felt like it was sort of half a chance, and suddenly it's in the back of the net. You know, really great finish. Um, the guy's in the form of his life, uh, and here's hoping it does carry on. He's not going to get two goals a game for the rest of the season, uh, obviously. But if he keeps playing like this, then mid twenties is very much on the cards, uh, which, like much of our season so far, is is absurd. Um, I mean, just ask Wednesday fans, to be honest. Um, his movement has been excellent. Um, I love the way he peeled off the defender last night for his hat-trick. Uh, it was very similar to how he scored his third goal, his third goal against Hull. Uh, you can sort of, If you watch the highlights, you can see how he, is, more or less as soon as Sharp picks it up, you can see him almost pointing, uh, I'm going like deep to the far post, basically. And Sharp, as with that third goal against Hull, puts it on a plate for him. Um, I guess if you... <coughs> This feels like hypercritical, but if, if you're going to have one nitpick with Clark, uh, it's that he does get caught offside a lot, kind of flat-footed uh, <clears throat> when a ball is coming forward in an obvious situation. So I'm not talking about when he makes a run and somebody plays a through ball and he's he's gone too quickly. I'm talking about where he's there's like a looped clearance or a header from midfield where it's, it's obviously coming, it's going to be coming into his like area, if you like. Um, and yeah, there's a couple of times last night he just got caught flat-footed and it's it's a tiny thing, um, but I think if he can, you know, remove that, then essentially we have a perfect striker in the championship, which is unbelievable. Um, okay, my second, uh, my second takeaway is that uh, I saw a lot of similarities um, in this game with a uh, League Cup game against Leicester earlier this season, where uh, you know they they turned up and and gave us a good hammering, to be honest. Um, which I believe they won four one, I think from memory. Uh, I was at that game, but uh, it was you know the League Cup. I wasn't too bothered about the result to be honest. But but yeah, I saw a lot of um, <clears throat> I guess 
similarities in terms of style and personnel uh, between these two teams. Um, if you uh, recall, Leicester had a heck of a lot of pace up front. Um, Damari Gray causes all sorts of problems. Uh, they had a couple of other forwards as well. Again, very quick. They got the ball into their feet wide very quickly and you know, kind of attacked our admittedly much slower central defence. That was essentially what happened last night. Um, and, you know, you could say, oh, well, this is the, the model for, for beating United, have uh, an excellent midfield in uh, in Tom Kearney and Kevin McDonald, who Kearney particularly was phenomenal last night, and have two or three extremely quick, extremely athletic and skillful attackers. Um, that's how you beat United. Uh, fortunately, not many teams have that quality at all. Um, I have no idea how a Fulham are so far down the league at all. Uh, they're comfortably the best team I've seen this season, apart from ourselves, of course. It may just be that they are perfectly set up to play against us, and uh, conversely, they are like kryptonite to us. But as I say, not many teams have that quality. We've we've seen that every week. Um, I will be amazed if Fulham finish below, say, sixth to eighth, that kind of region. And to be honest, I'd probably take a bet that they'll even finish above us. It's a long season to go. <clears throat> Clearly, they have a lot of talented players. Um, and yeah, they from last night, they will have no difficulty scoring goals against uh, against much worse teams than us, I think. Um, I, I do also want to call out the... Uh, some of the quotes from their manager as well. I mean, he, he sort of he highlighted in his post match interview, you know, we did this and that to kind of, you know, stop United being able to play in wide areas. Um, and yeah, I think they did, to be fair, they did that really well. Uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times we got the ball into good areas around the box, uh, but they congested play, particularly down the flanks. Uh, you know, we had, you know, I guess a few occasions where we sort of got the ball n near to the area and then it just sort of lost momentum, broke down and got recycled around. But, you know, even then we still scored four goals <laughs> and we came very close to a couple more as well with the handsome one off the line and a couple of other like good opportunities. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not worried too much. Credit to Fulham. Uh, I could very much see us meeting them in the playoffs potentially and. Yeah, that should be a hell of a game if that's what it comes to. But um, yeah, I think you have to hold your hands up and say they were really good. Uh, best team we've seen this season. Um, but yeah, at the same time, uh, I don't think it would have been a travesty at all if we'd actually ended up winning the game. All right, let's try and uh, <clears throat> move on a little bit more quickly now. So um, my third uh, talking point was uh, our attitude when we went 5-2 down. Uh, I kind of mentioned this a little bit um, as I was leaving the ground, but you know, I felt in that situation that we were just going to watch Fulham ole the ball around for five, six minutes and, you know, sit on our hands being grumpy, basically. It's not what happened at all. We threw caution to the wind, sure, but we actually just, com players completely kept going. Uh, and I, it felt like we could equalise. I think we got a corner when we were 5-2 down and I was genuinely thinking, like, <clears throat> we'll get a goal here and then, you know, it was 5-3 and then we can get another, you know, get back in it here and... You know, we we more or less did. It was you know even though the shots weren't exactly raining in, it, it did sort of feel like we could score every time we go forward, which is, you know, essentially the way we've played all season, and it's the reason we've scored uh, eight goals in our last two home games, um, and I believe we've scored four now three times this season. Uh, so yeah, this uh, it's it's great to see the players having that level of belief because I was thinking at that point like, all right, no more injuries, no more yellow cards. Let's just see this one out, just take the 5-2 defeat and suck it up. But no, we actually came out of it with a respectable scoreline that 
if anything, undersold our uh, contribution to the game, I think. Okay, the next one is, of course, Paul Coots. Can't get through this podcast without talking about this a little bit. Um, I do think the, the, the sort of debate here is, uh, you know, who comes in for Coots? Is it Lundstrom? Is it Carruthers? Uh, and I kind of think we're looking at this the wrong way. Um, Coots is going to be incredibly hard to replace like for like. There is nobody in our squad uh, that can just slot in and do an impersonation of Paul Coots for 90 minutes. Um, arguably, there's probably only three or four players like that in this entire league and they will all command very large fees I'm sure um so yeah we're kind of looking at it maybe the wrong way I think it's it's about who is the best option to slot in and allow us to keep playing in a similar if not identical way um I thought Lundstrom was fine last night uh it seems I'm if not in the minority, then perhaps not every fan shares that view, but I thought he was absolutely fine. Yeah, he's not got the incisiveness of Coots, but, you know, he plays some good cross-field balls, he made some excellent tackles. Yeah, he's, you know, he is a step down. I mean, I don't think anybody's anybody's kidding around. That's that's why he's not starting when Coots was fit, but I thought he was fine to slot in there. Um, you know, Carruthers made a really good contribution when he came on, but I have I do have doubts about his suitability for this role. I, I really like Carruthers. I, I kind of want to see more of him last season. Um, I love his directness. Uh, he's got this, like, uh, very similar to, to Duffy, this instinct is he gets the ball and he always turns and faces as soon as he gets it, tries to carry it forward. But I don't think he can do that kind of um, deeper anchor role as well as Coots and Fleck and arguably Lundstrom as well, which requires... You know, a bit of dis- positional discipline, I guess, to to sit deep. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to kind of jump on the guy because I do think he's a really good player. But I think the first thing he did last night was basically get turned in central midfield and suddenly Fulham are in on goal again. Whereas, you know, Coots at the very least will stick a boot in and, you know, bring the guy down. Um, that's if he doesn't actually make the tackle. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, I think it's going to be incredibly hard to replace Coots, but at the same time, at the same time, sorry, um, we're a really good team uh, and you know we're not just in this position because we have a fantastic guy in central midfield so can't wait for him to come back but um, I think we'll get through it um, point number five and it's a related note losing Coots is a huge blow but if we're going to look at it objectively look at it coldly if this was ever going to happen then this is probably the best time for it to happen We've got six weeks or so to assess our current options in this position, whether that's Lundstrom, Carruthers, whoever, uh, whether we change shape, try something completely different, and to judge whether what we have now is enough. And if it's not, then we hit January. Uh, transfer window opens, and we can try and get someone in. So, yep, this is a it's a big blow. I'm gutted he's not going to be playing, but if it was ever going to happen, this does give us a window to assess our options and then get a replacement in if we can and if we deem it necessary. All right, on to my six of nine points. Uh, And it's how much to read into this game. Can you write this game off as a freak? And I actually kind of think you can. We played high-quality opposition. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, But I thought we matched them, which I will be surprised if anybody has any kind of... uh, if anybody feels I'm wildly off the mark with that. Uh, there were weird goals all around. This was a very weird goal-scoring evening. Uh, you know, talked about their first two goals already. Their fourth was a deflection. Uh, you know, Wilder conceded himself that the last two goals for them were his fault for the way that we committed men forward. You know, we had the very bizarre Carruthers goal that deflected in. Um, I've no idea whether it was even on target. 
uh, Clark's goal, uh, Clark's second rather. I'm sure the goalkeeper will feel he should have saved. Although you know, credit to Clark for kind of creating that chance of hitting the ball so so well. First goal for us as well was you know the keeper kind of spilled a shot and Clark nipped in there to score. Um, so yeah, it, it was a weird game all around. I mean, you could make a case that we went all out too soon. Um, you know, committing too many men forward uh, and that left us too exposed and, the, the, you know, maybe we should have given it another five or ten minutes, but, I mean, come on, if anyone's earned the benefit of doubt, then it's it's definitely wilder. Um, so, yeah, weirdly, I, I don't feel like there are too many lessons to be learned from this game, apart from don't pass it straight to the onrushing striker. All right, so next point. Uh, so I touched on this earlier um, in re- regards to the game becoming congested down the wings. Um we will look a lot stronger when Baldock is back, which I'm hoping will be this weekend. We do miss having a natural wing back down the right, uh, and we also miss having Basham in the centre, I think. Um, Basham's done pretty well to fill in in that right wing back spot, but it is a step down from Baldock. So, you know, whilst you can say, yeah, Fulham kind of congested the wings and made it difficult for us, I think when we get a, a player of Baldock's quality back in there, um, that will be a big step up for us. Um Point number eight of nine, uh, squad depth. So this game was a good chance to see what the actual depth of our squad looks like, probably more so than many other games we've had so far this season. Uh, Hansen, uh, Carruthers and Brooks um, all got meaningful game time, I guess. Um, and we're kind of being used in a slightly different role than uh, than certainly with Brooks has been used um, up to this point. Uh which is you know where we needed to get back into a game rather than trying to close it out and hit on the break. Um, I think they all did pretty well. You know, Hansen is you know when Hansen comes on that that signals you know we're gonna basically hit the ball into the box and hope for the best. And you know he he did cause problems. He almost had a goal from a corner. Uh, he he played quite a big part in um, in Clark's hat trick goal in kind of bringing the ball down and laying it off to Sharp. Uh, Carruthers obviously got a goal and you know generally looked very direct and lively won a lot of free kicks Brooks lively again um, you know perhaps tried to do a little bit too much at times but it's hard to be too critical of him to be honest um, I still feel you know for all the kind of quality that Brooks clearly has I do feel like his main role is is probably him coming off the bench at the moment uh, I think the sharp Clark partnership is is still the way forward um, but yeah yeah, I feel pretty good about our depth there. You know, it was good to see it was good to see Hansen and Carruthers play like a meaningful role, which I'd not really seen so far this season, um, and to see a little bit more of Brooks as well. And then finally this week, so my ninth point, uh, I'm gonna make a bold prediction here. Uh, I don't think this is the last five four scoreline that we're gonna see this season. Or you know, I could soften that a little bit and say, or maybe there'll be a four three or a five three. And I think it's just testament to the way we keep attacking. You know, we we are going to get stung on the break every now and again, but you know, we'll probably score four goals again as well, which is just incredible to think. Um, but yeah, especially against teams with a lot of pace going forward. Um, yeah, uh, don't be surprised if we ship five goals again. Don't be surprised if we score four goals again in the next couple of games. You know, there's one thing you cannot knock it is the entertainment at Bramall Lane this at the moment. All right, so those are my nine talking points from the nine-goal thriller with Fulham. Um, before I wrap up, uh, let's take a quick look ahead to our game on Saturday against Birmingham City. Um, so Birmingham, uh, they've had a couple of impressive results in the last month or so. They've had 1-0 wins over Cardiff and Forest. 
But those are also the only games they've won since September ended. Uh, in that span, they've scored just two goals in six games, uh, both, of course, coming in those two wins. They're actually the lowest scorers in the division with nine goals from 17 games, which which really surprised me. I wasn't. I knew they were down and struggling, but um, I didn't realise they'd been struggling quite so much in front of goal. Uh, so another 5-4 feels pretty unlikely. <laughs> but, um, you know, if there's one thing I learned from last night's game, it's that football is a very confusing game. So, hey, you never know, I guess. Um, all right, and that's that's going to be it for this week. I'm going to wrap up there. Um, so I just want to say, you know, if you enjoyed this or at least got a moderate amount of entertainment out of it, um, please subscribe, uh, leave me a review. I'd be very grateful, and I'm super grateful to everyone who has already done that. Uh, share this with your United supporting mates uh, or your Fulham supporting mates. Maybe they'd be interested in, you know, what the opposition thinks of uh, of their win. Um, I'm I'm blown away to have 500 people um, already listen to the podcast already. Uh, so huge thanks for listening. Um, thank you for listening to this episode, of course. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BNMKN. So that's my name without the initials. Uh, without the initials, without the eval, sorry. Um, I'll be back next week with a deep dive into what I hope is us getting back on track against Birmingham. Uh, don't worry too much about this loss. I think we're going to be absolutely fine. Um, enjoy the game on Saturday, and I will be back next week. <laughs>